Welcome to another episode of On the Highway. I'm your host, Megan Anderson, and each week we bring you an expert in the mortgage and real estate realm. You can learn how to navigate the housing and real estate highway to take your business to the next level. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's get driving. Welcome to another episode of On the Highway. Today's guest is Diana Rice Wilkerson. They call her the mortgage whisperer. She's also a co-host of the Home and Finance Show. She specializes in conventional FHA, VA, and first-time home buyers. And you can follow her journey by clicking the link in today's show notes. But without further ado, join me in welcoming Diana Rice Wilkerson. Hello, Diana. Yes. Hi, and- thank you for being on the show today. I am I'm excited to get to chat with you. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's it's exciting. It's it's always exciting to be able to share, especially my background and my experience, because it's been pretty it's been an exciting journey along the way. Now, speaking of this journey, I always love to start out with this question. And that question is, how did you get into the mortgage industry? Because like many of us, it's not like we woke up one day and said, Oh, you know what? I want to go into the mortgage space. So tell us how you got here. I actually got there, uh, got here, um, I'm going to say probably almost 40 years ago now. And I worked for a bank. And during that time, this bank and most banks, they had a person that that did mortgages. If someone came in and said, hey, I'd like, I'd like to apply for a loan. But they didn't have like a team of loan officers or anything like that. So this particular lady who had been doing the job for quite a while, she was retiring and someone asked me if I would consider going into that space. Now, she did mortgages and she also opened up checking and savings accounts and she did loans as well. So that's actually how I got into it. Now, after being in it for a minute, I could not spell the word mortgage. I could not pronounce the word mortgage. <laughs> and I said, hold on. You guys have to take me slow, right? Because this is a different duck altogether. I might add when I got into the business, this is this is fun fact. There were no automated credit reports, okay? And there was there were no computers. So we had to t- type everything. I mean, our verifications of employment and deposit, they had to go, they had to be mailed out and mailed back. So you can imagine how long it took for us to get a loan through the process. But that's how I got started. And you know what? From there, I just I was one of the fortunate ones because I worked in the back office, so to speak, Mm -hmm. as a processor and underwriter and manager of ops before I became a loan officer. So I kind of understood how important ops was, right, to getting a loan done. Yeah. So pretty exciting. Pretty exciting background. I love that you've one been in the space for so long that you've you've kind of seen the evolution of this space. And, you know, it's interesting, the modern loan officer today, they don't understand all of the process that, you know, that this evolution has occurred and all the steps that take place in getting this mortgage done. And it's funny, you know, here I am in Cody, Wyoming at the present moment. And my mom is an originator. She still originates to this day. And we laugh because she takes great pride in doing everything still through the entire process. And, you know, for the modern loan officer that's listening here today, are there any kind of words of wisdom, I guess, that you want to leave them with being that they don't have all of that education, they don't see all of that process? You know, I would just say that, you know, the ops uh, group, the team, the processors, your openers, 
all of those folks are doing a very important job. And so we need to respect that. I think oftentimes we don't. I mean, just loan officers or salespeople, and it's like we think in terms of our support team as support and maybe not as important as our role. Um, I would say respect your respect your op team, ops team, show them some love. Um, and, you know, learn what they do, learn what they do. And I think the more we know about the job, like your mom, the more we can appreciate our ops folks. Cause, cause like your mom, I was used to doing all of my, my own thing, you know, but to grow, to grow, I had to start building a team that's hard to let go of. I can tell you that, but my words of wisdom is respect your ops team and, and learn the job and do what they say. That's the other thing. Do what they say. Yes. Now, speaking of of growing a team. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure that you have learned many things during this process. But for anyone that maybe is out there listening right now that is looking to grow a team, you know, what are some things that you learned through that evolution? And also things that you learned of letting go of doing everything. How did you get to that point? Well, I got to the point of growing a team when I couldn't do things well. I I realized no matter how hard I tried, I was no longer doing things as well as I'd like to. So it's one of those things of, do you sacrifice quality, right? To move that file forward, you know, to get that that next loan in the deal. And that's not being a very good team player, quite frankly. I mean, you can do that a couple of times. You might get forgiven a couple of times. And so then I realized, okay, so I've got this business, you know, you work hard to get your business coming in, right? But you don't really want to turn it off. And you certainly don't want to turn it off by losing your brand and losing your, you know, what people think of you in the industry because you're not getting back with people and that sort of thing. So it came to me, you need to add some folks. So um, I did decide what I needed. First and foremost, which was someone just to answer the phone, because I do do the radio and television shows. And so you get a lot of phone calls from that. And and quite frankly, you know, that's that was the beginning. I now have another teammate as well. Uh, probably could use another one just for marketing and social media. Right. Um, but that's that's exactly how I, I came about growing the team and how it how it came about. And there was another question you asked me, but, you know. I took too long to answer that question. I forgot it. (laughs) You are fine. I actually want to shift gears a little bit and go into your radio and talk show. You know, in the green screen, before we started doing this podcast, we were talking about, you know, getting comfortable and being comfortable on things like video and filming these different radio shows, talk shows. And I'm sure when you started, you weren't at this place of being completely confident like you are today. But I got to tell you, you are just beaming. You have this magnetic energy about you. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are wanting to get started with things like that. Maybe it's not a radio show, but maybe it's doing videos on social media or a YouTube channel. So what kind of tips do you have for people that, you know, want to take on this radiant magnetic energy that you have and show up in that way? Well, I keep in mind that what you're doing is educating people and helping them. I am not a salesperson. I am a person, this is a ministry to me. I am not a salesperson. I am a person that believes that if we have the information, then we can make a good decision when it comes to our situation, our family, whatever. So what the way I go about it is I educate. And, and I don't care if it's a first-time buyer or a repeat buyer. 
even a lot of our, my repeat buyers will say it's so different now than what it was 10 years ago. So if you approach your client and like with your hat, the hat you have on is, I want to educate you on the process. And first and foremost, you want to answer their questions so we don't just jump into our thing, right? So, you know, you want to educate. And then, and that's how I do it. I became more comfortable when I, and I am more comfortable when I, when I am in that I'm educating mode, um, dumbing it down. We we have this saying on the radio and TV, it's straight talk and inside information. We do not put bows on things that don't require bows. You know, I even say, hey, you're getting ready to get some vegetables now. No dessert, you know. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? <laughs> One thing that I really want to highlight there is you started to feel more comfortable when you showed up from a place like that. And it's, right. you know, honestly, I think at the end of the day, it's because you're showing up from just a different kind of intention, an intention of helping people versus selling them. But that also brings up a really important aspect that I'm seeing right now. We know that things have slowed down, volume numbers are down, and it can be very challenging when you're in a sales position, when you're living from this place of, I gotta feed my family, I gotta make this happen. What tips do you have when we're going through this slower time to still be able to show up from that place of I want to help you while still struggling with, you know, I got to put food on the table for my family? Exactly. Well, now, of course, I'm in a different space. So I've learned a lot of hard lessons along the way. And for me, this is ministry. Okay. And with ministry, it's always about the other person first and not about you and leaving leaving it up to God to do the rest. And that's how I carry out my life. It's like you do your best and you leave it to him to do the rest. But if for you to be, if I understand exactly what you said. And certainly I understand, I mean, I have a whole different paycheck also, believe you me, but it's these customers needs that are the first and foremost priority that I'm thinking about, especially when I'm talking to the customer. And you know, they pick up on it. So if you're selling, they're going to pick up on that. If you're caring and you show them that you care about their situation, not only are they going to pick up on that, even if a competitor is offering a better rate and possibly a better program, the as soon as they can feel like you are connecting with them, they trust you, they feel like you care about them and what they're trying to accomplish, you have got a great chance of getting that client. Otherwise, if they feel you're selling, you've got a great chance of maybe losing that client, especially in today's market. Yeah. And, you know, talking deeper about today's market, I was just at a conference in Las Vegas and, you know, there's a lot of pessimism and worry going on right now about the housing industry and the future of the housing industry. And, you know, I'm curious what your thoughts are. How would you describe today's market in one word? Tough. Tough. Now, give us your outlook, though, because you seem like a very positive person. My outlook now, straight talk, is we as as family, families are going to have to learn how to live together, live together, share expense. And I'm going to give you a good example. There are a lot of, you know, two income earner families, two income earners. I think I'm saying that right anyway. And I think what people need to start thinking about is, okay, if I was on my my own, could I could I pay a thousand dollars a month for rent? Right? Yes. Okay. If you've got two working people, 
you may have to think about it in terms of this $2,000 payment, which we hate, means a thousand from you and a thousand from me. Don't look at it as $2,000. I mean, that will make you run away. But if you look at it as if we were living separately, we would be paying probably more than a thousand dollars a piece. So even though this is a high interest rate market, et cetera, et cetera, you know, you can still make it. It does also mean that you're going to now I look at a lot of bank statements as well, and I know a lot of loan officers do, but I see a lot of folks, this is not judgment, I'm just saying, we spend a lot of money, I do too, on things that we don't have to spend money on. I think we have to rearrange our priorities and make our housing a priority, where before we just kind of took it for granted that we could buy or we could rent and we could afford it. I think we're going to have to help our customers change their outlook, but that's what I see. I mean, we we just have to make adjustments. And I think we have history to show where many of our ancestors made adjustments. So we have to make adjustments and keep it moving because we have to have a roof over our head. We have to. And, you know, getting back to the market today, you know, a lot of people say that it's really in this industry and where we're at right now, it's getting back to basics. So yeah. what are, you know, three basic things that you do in your business? Number one, I make sure I'm out and about, you know, you, you be present at uh, trade group meetings, um, you know, reach out to your partners. For me with radio and television, like we used to kind of like do three live shows and tape a fourth show or do two live shows and replay. Now we're like, hey, we're at every, we're live on every show because people want to hear us. They want to see us on every show. Matter of fact, we have a family reunion this weekend and I told my realtor partner, I'm doing the show Saturday. I have to carve out two hours and do the show. So I think, you know, being present is definitely one. This social media thing is real, guys. I think learning social media, whether you learn it or whether you connect with someone, and believe you me, I've had to connect with someone. I don't have enough dots left in the brain to learn social media, but I do understand the importance of it. But you've got to go where your folks are. So wherever the people are that you're trying to reach, definitely go. And again, keep an attitude of being just grateful and kind. No matter who, who you're communicating with, keep an attitude of being grateful and kind. So those are my three things that I do. I absolutely love that. Now, listeners listening to this, you might not know this, but Diana here, she has been part of the MBS Highway family for a while now. Yes. And MBS Highway recently acquired List Reports as well, which you utilize as well, Diana. So I'm yes. curious how these two platforms, these two brands, how they have helped you in the evolution of your business. Well, List Reports, number one, is a great tool for my realtor partners. So one way that that has helped me, it helps me by, number one, here's a resource because they can do their own flyers. They have all their little marketing kit. They can go out on the uh, social media, post their homes, and that's all pretty and all of that good stuff. So it keeps me connected. It also, they get, they get social media uh, tips and information that can help them uh, post on their websites and their social media platforms. Um, it also gives me the inside scoop on who they're working with and what they're doing. So I really do love this reports. MBS Highway, one of the things I love about MBS Highway is the, I think it's an amortization schedule, but what it does, it actually 
you know, you can develop, you know, your monthly payment and all that good stuff. But it also shows, in addition to the amortization schedule, it shows you how much you're going to pay back over the life of the loan, et cetera, et cetera. One of the things that I am using that for is to show people comparing both a 25-year repayment term and a 30-year repayment term, how much money they save just by changing the term from 30 to 25 years. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so it's helping people opt for more of a 25-year term, which is smarter in the long run. Mm -hmm. With MBS Highway, the tools out there are fantastic. Demographics and information about, you know, the neighborhood, the area, appreciation that you can expect on your home. So it's any, any and everything that you think you might want. The comparison of mortgage products is right there. And it's quick. I mean, I do have some other tools that I could use. A, they're not as quick. And then with MBS Highway, everything's in one place. You just go out there and then pick what you want. And it really makes you look good to your partners and to your, your customers. So, I mean, you know, MBS Highway is, is off the chain awesome. Yes, off the chain awesome. We also recently launched what we call Agent Connect, which is the first aspect of blending these two brands together. And it is where you can text any, you know, hey, I want information on Suzy Q. It yeah. will give you all that information on the agent, different types of, you know, production levels, what they're doing out there, who they're sending their business to. And then you can automatically in a second, send them the different pieces within MBS Highway. I'm telling you, I am so excited for the evolution of these two brands. You guys can learn more about it in today's show notes. But before we head out of here, Dana, I have one last question for you. Now, you're a wise woman. You've been in the industry now for over 40 years. Yes. And knowing what you know now, if you were to look back and be able to give words of wisdom to young Diana just entering the mortgage arena, what would you tell her and why? I would tell her, number one, work for a company that is in, is is that considers you an asset to the company and also is committed to helping you to be the best you, which a lot of that is through education. It is important to look beyond comp. Comp is important, but also ask more questions. Look and see what tools do they have there to develop you. So that would be one. The other I would say is to, um, in addition to what your company may train you on and in addition to what they're promote, promoting, learn what the industry and the market is doing. So you'll be prepared to sell against your competitor. I mean, you can't just look to you know your company that you're working for no matter how awesome they are and fairway is all that and a bag of chips but you also want to know what is your competitor doing you know and then the third thing i mean and i have done this especially with my products that i really am that i do a lot of which fha is my premier number one product i mean i've actually went to the hud training and offered in di different cities and states being offered by the underwriters so that i could hear more about uh, their policies, they get really into the nitty gritty type of things. And, you know, so, so invest in yourself, work for a company that invests in you and don't mind, don't be afraid to spend money to invest in yourself and make you the best you. I mean, you've got to think about it in terms of I'm out here competing against a lot of folks. So I got to have all the I love that. Invest in yourself, everyone. Well, Diana, I want to thank you for taking time to be on today's podcast. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye.